Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm very tired. Yeah, I bet. Very tired. How's that two-job life? Oh, it's great. It's really great. Um, I mean, it's fine. Uh, it's not actually that bad, but I'm just very tired a lot of the time because, you know, I've been working some 16 and a half hour days, which I oh. would not recommend. And obviously, like, seven of those hours are doing a job that I actually really enjoy and want to turn up to, but it's still, you know, a long day when I'm getting up at six and not getting home till midnight. Yeah. And then having to be up at six the next day. So it's been quite it's been quite difficult, but I'm surviving. I'm just drinking a lot of tea and coffee and stuff, so yeah, I try to keep myself caffeinated. Um but I've actually managed to play some magic this week. Oh sweet. Oh. It's been great. So on Thursday I went around to my friend Kieran's house and played some Legacy and Legacy and Supermander. Awesome. Just gas. Had a really good time. I haven't played Legacy in a minute, so it was nice to just crack out the deck again and, and play some games. Um, I also, while I was there, acquired a tropical island. Ooh, yeah. Now officially own a blue jewel land. Hey. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Yeah, right. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I uh, I had obviously two Tagers and a Plateau from when I was playing Red and Six in Maverick. Yeah, and obviously <laughs> don't really need them anymore. I was like messing around with punishing fire in Maverick. I was like, this just isn't necessary anymore. Yeah, I was like, oh, I should probably just play Oko. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seems fine because I'm already playing Mana Docs to produce blue mana. So, so. <laughs> like, a, like the like I don't know, the most, like the least the least truthful statement ever. Like, oh, Oko seems fine. <laughs> oh yeah, that, it seems it seems this this the thing. It's like with pretty much every deck in the internal formats, it's just like. Ah, uh, Oko's probably fine. You should probably just play some Oko's. Yeah, that's yeah. what it, that's what I meant. I didn't mean like, oh, it seems like a fine card. Clearly, it's like probably going to be one of the best cards in the deck. But like, it just seems like a fine inclusion. It just seems correct, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, I'm playing a single tropical island along with two gilded geese and three Nova Hierarchs, just to cast two Oko's main deck currently. Um, okay. So I've also picked up some Oko's. There's a seller on Magic Card Market that had some traditional Chinese copies for a reasonable price. Ooh, nice. So I picked those up. They're yet to arrive because I believe they're being posted from Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> but I've ordered from them before, like I pre-ordered uh, once upon a time, actually, from uh, Academy Legacy, I believe it is, on Card Market, who are based in Japan, but they send from Taiwan. And yeah, they I pre-ordered them and they arrived eight days after the release of the set. So I'm like, that's fine. It's perfectly nice. reasonable. They yet to post one of them because I ordered two and then I was like, oh, I, need, I probably need a third one. So I ordered a third one like the next day. And they sent yeah. they sent the two copies on the Friday, and they yet to post the one from Saturday, and it's been it's been a couple of days now, so I'm kind of worried, but I'm sure it'll be fine. They're a professional seller and whatever. Yeah, so I have those, so that's fun. And yeah, I need I need them for infect anyway because you're just playing main deck Oko's now. Nice, it seems good. I think like so given our conversation last week around Legacy and Oko being just by default the best planeswalker they've ever printed now, um, I think it's fine just to buy it like whatever price it is it, it's quite clearly the next chase the mind sculptor and 
I assume its price history is probably just going to look like Jason Mine Sculptors as well. Yep, it's it was forty three euro each for traditional Chinese copies. Yeah, which wow. is fine. I'm willing to pay a premium on because they're like Asian language cards of like so like Asian language cards for like commons uncommons and like reasonable rares are like relatively yeah. the same price. But when it gets to like mythics, like finding Ren and sixes was very difficult. I'm finding Oko's also going to be difficult, so I think it's reasonable price to pay. Also, I think that's just the average thing English copies on car market now, so I think it's, <laughs> it's perfectly reasonable. Um, so I've got those, so that's, that's nice. And then, yeah, on Friday, uh, yeah, so I stayed out late on Thursday, then got up for work at six on the Friday, then worked till half two, then had to get to my other job, which is a 40-minute drive in traffic. Uh, for half four, then worked till eleven, and then just left the shop open. Yeah, to just just play some commander for a couple of hours with people Sweet. that were there, which was great. But it also meant I didn't get home till like half two, <laughs> and then had to be up for half five for the next day for work. It's not great. Yeah, and then it got to like it got to like midday on the Saturday, and my body just gave up. Just, just like completely, just like my legs felt like they were going to fall out from under me. It's my own fault because I'd slept like two hours. <laughs> but I think it was worth it to actually play some magic, right? Oh yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, I, I do remember. It was very long days myself. Um, there was a there was a time many year many years ago now. I mean, the whole decade ago now, where I did. I worked in a nightclub and a pub, and they were both owned by the same guy. So sometimes I'd I'd pick up like a pub shift and then go straight to the nightclub shift, and then be back to open up the pub the next morning and have like three hours sleep in between that. And that was not fun. So yeah. I definitely remember those no sleep days. That's the thing. I was just like, oh, I'm 25. I should be like sprightly and fine, right? I should be able to do yeah. these things. Like, oh god, no. Yeah. I couldn't. I could barely do those kind of things when I was like 18. I just can't. I don't know. I, I managed to get through it, <clears throat> and then just slept for the entire weekend pretty much i just kept like doing stuff and then napping for two hours so i feel kind of okay nice. now but yeah i mean it was worth it i enjoyed just just playing to commander for two hours it was just really nice yeah just jamming some games um after having not played magic for like four weeks yeah that's really cool i think that we've established that that's just the best way to do it now like it really is just like find a schedule that works for you and just play magic around that and mm. don't I, don't I don't know like magic in december 2019 looks so much different than magic in december 2018 did it really does uh, I, I think there just isn't a clear competitive path for lots of formats and lots of different ways and I, I think we're just fully at the point where you you just need to find the way you enjoy magic the most and just just make that the way you engage with the game yeah but definitely try and get enough sleep in between yeah, absolutely Ugh, god damn it uh plenty sleep and remember to hydrate i always hydrate that's that's never been a problem for me <laughs> i'm just that's why i'm on the toilet all the time <laughs> just drinking so much water um <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's 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 been my week it's been long but it's actually been quite enjoyable because i got to play magic so how has your week been uh, my week's been been all right. Um, I've I've had a bit of a, a hectic week as far as like non magic things go. Uh, it's that time of the year, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Um, but I have managed to get some arena games in, um, which 
I, I know I've convinced myself that, oh, there's a chance I could make Mythic, but I think this time there might actually be a chance I could make Mythic. You say that every month. Yeah, I know, but now I'm playing a good deck. <laughs> what are you playing now? Uh, so I I had been playing um, the Esper Dance uh, pretty much like since the start of the format and having various degrees of success and not success with it. Mm-hmm. And I think I was, I was hovering around like gold rank four for a while sort of last weekend and I was I managed to get up into gold three and then drop down into gold four and it was pretty much like that that was the way it goes and um, it'd been like that for a little while uh, and then this weekend I decided to play uh, blue white control so I found a blue white control list that I just got on five nil magic online and thought it's it's my jam like blue white control is definitely my thing um and it put up results better than this Esper Dance deck has done at the moment. So let's let's give this a go. Uh, so then I went 15-0 with Blue uh, <laughs> <Wii> White Control. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> Which is amazing, but it's also really sad because that could have potentially been a GP win. That'll, that'll never happen now. Well, you know, you win yeah. some, you lose some, right? That is true. That is true. <sighs> So yeah, I've been having a lot of success with Blue White Control, uh, and I think that's fully the deck I would take to a standard tournament. Sweet, okay. Seems good. Yeah, uh, so as far as my magic playing this week goes, it's pretty much just been that, just playing Blue White Control on Arena. Uh, I love it, and would, would definitely recommend it. I feel like it's got good game against pretty much everything. I think the, the deck I've struggled against the most is probably like Jeskai Cavaliers. That deck just isn't really doing fair things or fun things for anybody but yeah it's, it's great we definitely recommend uh picking up blue white control if you're looking for a control deck in standard now i would recommend not playing standard me too that is always <laughs> to be honest yeah. <laughs> it's always what i think you should just play pioneer or legacy or commander or draft or yeah. anything standard sucks <laughs> that's just my opinion I, I think i think standard's like probably quite good right now from what from what i know of it it's like a much better format than it was, say, a month ago. But oh, just standard, so I just don't like standard. Yeah, I I agree definitely. I think it's it's been a bit of a strange format. Um, this I mean this this whole year has been a bit of a strange year, and I guess that's, that's what we're going to talk about today, really. Yep, nothing like audible on there. Uh podcast topics like 20 minutes before you start recording but we're gonna give it a go anyway yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just it's been a year it really has um for you know both in and outside of magic though i guess the less said about the outside of magic the better lest i get into a a two-hour long tangent um (laughs) so yeah i think we just want to go talk about this year because it's i mean yeah again it's been my stance forever that we should just ban 2019 from magic and we're going to analyze why that is my take i guess yeah, I, I'm fully with you on that that take. But it's it's been a real year. It's been a real year of ups and downs. And they said at the the end of last year that, oh, 2019 was going to be a big year for Magic. It was going to be a, an important year of of, of change and, and transition. And it, Magic in 2019 was probably going to look very different to how Magic in, in 2018 and, and prior had looked. And, you know, it's probably going to look very different to how Magic 2020 and beyond will look. So we figured, why not? Why not just do a, a year in review and, and run down all the, the highs and lows of this this wild year? Yes. So 
I guess we should start at the top. Yeah, we've got January 25th, saw the release of Ravnica Allegiance. The most reasonable set released this year. Yeah, strong agree. <laughs> the, the only non-problematic set released this year. Yeah, I, I think so, definitely. Um, thoughts on Ravnica Allegiance as a set? Good, yeah. I thought it was very good when it came out. I yeah, it me was, too. Uh, I think it's very good now. I enjoy the draft format a lot. I think we said that last week when you were drafting it, or the week before, or whenever it was. Yeah. How great the draft format was. Um, cool characters, I think, like... Always being able to could be I think Ravnica at this point is my favorite plane, probably. Cool. It's it's not mine, but it is it is definitely a good a good plane. So good, uh, and just being you know getting another look in on, on all the characters and all the guilds and seeing what's going on is really really cool. Um, the story was nice, and yeah, it was just like I thought it was a perfectly reasonable set. I, I think there was a lot of powerful cards. Nothing too powerful. Uh, I think we tried to identify pre-recording what the best card in that set was. It's probably just Hydroid Crisis. Yeah, I think so. It it added a, a fair few things to a bunch of different formats. Um, it had it had some 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 strong hitters um, as far as like standard goes. Definitely, we saw like uh, Wilderness Reclamation was a thing. Yeah, Kaya's Wrath. Uh, yeah, Kaya's Wrath. That was a good one. Light up the stage. Skewer the critics. Yeah. Absorb. Yeah, it's a set that put Absorb into modern, so that was cool. Yep. Uh, we saw. Lavinia was very good in Vintage briefly, which was pretty cool. Yep. Uh, we saw uh, cards like like Vanifar, which I feel like it was one of those cards that just it had so much potential, and it's that effect that they always that birthing pot effect that they always want to try and do without completely breaking it. And for a while there, it was definitely a thing you could do in Pioneer. Oh god, I played that deck for so long. Yeah, I played that deck in Modern for so long. It was so bad. So bad. So fun though. But yeah, it just it just had a lot of a lot of really great cards. Um, they're really fun cards, I and mean, like stuff like uh, Growth Spiral. Yeah, that was a good one. Great card, cards, cards that just like are very big players in the format, but I think that felt too good. I think uh, at a certain point, Wilderness Reclamation felt too good, but that was purely Nexus Fate's problem, not not the actual card itself. Uh, I think it's a very, yeah, it's a very agree. reasonable card now. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you had like Kaya as well. That was a good card for a bit. See if play Yeah, I think Kai is definitely. I mean, when we talked about planeswalkers and three mana planeswalkers, definitely. I think Kai is probably like the like the the most recent benchmark of what a three mana planeswalker should should be. It does a lot of really good stuff. It really does. Yeah. Um, and it's very, very. It's very. It's like a niche planeswalker that sees quite a lot, quite a lot of play occasionally. You know. But I, I think it's just a good set. I think yeah, strong agree. Overall, I think the the set was fantastic for flavor. It was fantastic for playable cards for standard, and a couple of cards that hit other formats. Mm. Uh, the draft format was amazing, and yeah, it, it feels like every time every time they do a a Ravnica set, like a proper Ravnica set, they just get it so right. Like I feel like it's it's probably one of the more easy planes to design for given that you have the 10 guilds so you have such sort of strong flavor it has like a real sort of signature flavor to it that it seems to be quite easy to to build around so i can't imagine it's that they're the sort of most difficult sets to design but they always they always seem to get them pretty much spot on whenever they do like a standalone replica set may i remind you about dragon's maze yeah well 
Mazer's end is a card, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, name a good card from Dragon's Maze that isn't Voice of Resurgence. Mazer's end. Name a good card from <laughs> name a good card from Dragon's Maze that isn't ma- that isn't Voice of Resurgence. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. He got me. He got me on that one. Like I don't know, Ralzarek, I guess. It's like kind of good. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah, that just sucks. I yeah, like breaking and entering was was fine when you could abuse the rules temporarily. Ooh, possibility storm. There you go. Yeah, hey, there we go. That's, that's an interesting one. That's no longer playable in Pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that sucks. But yeah, I think it's great. It's, this thing is just like talking about Rav- Ravnica Allegiance. It just sounds so boring by comparison to what we're about to talk about. Yeah, definitely. It's just like it was just. It's the only good set this year. It's the only set this year that doesn't have banned cards in it. I believe, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every other, every other. So yeah, every other set. Every other set released this year has cards banned. Has, has cards that have been banned in, in <laughs> Jesus a format. Christ, yeah. that's so oh, bad. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's Ravnica Allegiance done. Great set. Big well, fan. one, one, one more thing. Yes. Uh, Ravnica Allegiance was actually the first set to introduce collectors boosters. Yeah, but they're not collectors boosters. They were. They were collectors. They were sort of collectors boosters. Um. So they. Well, they they weren't available over here for a start. Um, I, I can't remember where they were. Yes, they were. No, they weren't. Not the collectors boosters. It was. Oh no, they were. They were. They big, were. It was American big box stores. Yeah. Uh, so you got. They weren't collectors boosters like we know them now, but you got two foils of any rarity, three rares on mythics, and ten uncommons, and yes. the boosters retailed for twelve dollars ninety nine. Oh. Uh, there is definitely at least two sealed boxes available currently on the, the misprints and oddly magic group if you do want to go <laughs> and purchase some i do not yeah same they're, they're very odd and they are quite a, i guess a cool sort of time capsule of when that collector's booster started but mm. they they do they do look very different to what we we understand collector's boosters to be now. i yeah i'd forgotten i'd forgotten about that honestly yeah it was just a just a nice little extra I wanted to slip in there. Uh, following that, we had February fifteenth was the announcement of the discontinuation of the the Magic League. Yep. I mean, I also forgot that happened. This year has been so yep. long. Good yeah, God, so such a long yeah. year. So the the Magic League was it, it was a, a WPN in store. I guess series, what well, league really? For, um, started back in Kaladesh. You got some cool like promos and rewards. I mean, you got like a like a foil energy counter, which was pretty cool, and there was like a Thopter foil token as well. Uh, and then I think like as as time went on, like the rewards became less cool. I mean, quite quickly. I think like the Armand Cut one was just like you got like a, like a dice. I don't think Hour of Devastation had a reward. Uh, I think Ixlan had like Evolving Wilds and Unclaimed Territory and. Yep. Yeah, like they pretty much went went on like that as, as time as time went on, and I think it was just one of those one of those things which probably would have been like a really cool idea or a really successful idea in like game stores in the nineties. Yeah, but it just doesn't translate to like you know like modern LGSs at all. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that promo Zafir and Void from Dominaria ever before in my life. Yeah, I don't think I've seen one physically, but I, I do quite like them. Yeah, they're really nice. It's like the Gate Colossus is really nice. Yeah. From Africa Allegiance, it's really nice, but I mean, who wants that? Yeah, I, I don't know. The Unclaimed Territory is the best one among them, right? 
Yeah, quite probably. I mean, I quite like the uh, like the energy counter and like the the foil Thopter token. Like they're pretty cool. Yeah, but they weren't special, right? They were just foil. And they didn't have like, yeah. A I mean, the foil energy counter is cool. It's the only way to get a foil energy counter. Sure, for all your pioneer decks. Yeah, it's all to put in all your uh, Marvel decks that you aren't playing. And the relic tower is quite nice as well. The, the fakes are a sanctum. It's a trash card though. Yeah, you should never play that card ever in any format. Please stop playing it. <laughs> cool. Where do we go from there? Cool. So from there, we had the first Mythic Championship. Oh, yeah. It was 24th of February. Mythic Championship Cleveland was won by Autumn Burchett. This has been the longest year of my entire life. It really has. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so yeah, long ago. It was, yeah, it, it feels like forever ago now, but it was, yeah, less than, less than 12 months ago. Yeah, Autumn won the first Mythic Championship and just, like, fully cemented themselves as, like, the best English magic player of all time, probably. Yeah, and it's not even remotely close. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, we have we, we do have some some very decent players, definitely. We have some pretty good players, but yeah, Autumn's just like just miles ahead. Yeah. My uh my favourite magic moment of the year. Yeah, it's a, it's a strong contender, I think, definitely. Absolutely, yeah, watching that final was just like yeah, one of my favourite moments um for magic ever. It was I mean we did an episode about it, you can go find it. Yeah, just to be blabbering on about it, but it was uh, it's the only time I've ever cried at a Magic tournament. Oh, any time I've ever cried watching Magic. So, um, a great moment, a great moment for the Magic community. I think. I think yeah. a lot of a lot of great stuff has happened from there. I think Autumn is a great ambassador for the, ambassador for the game. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was a hell of an epic championship. It was a, a truly epic gamer moment. Oh my god, why would you ruin <laughs> that, man? Why would you say something like that? Uh, Next up, we had on March the twenty fifth. It was the soft launch of Valor's Reach. Yeah, a game I've never seen what, before. What is Valor's Reach? Yeah. <laughs> I might hear you ask. Yeah, we went... Because <laughs> we briefly went through this list of stuff before hitting record. And uh, I clicked on this. I was like, I've literally never seen this before. This is uh, absurd. And then you click on it. It's like, history, March 25th, 2019. Soft launch in the Nordic region. Wait, okay, great. So this isn't released. This isn't a thing. And then it's got a little, um, a little image like i guess an advert for it yeah. and the art of it is so upsetting it's so bad there's like a, like it's like a swollen gideon it's horrible his arm's bigger than his chest his yeah. his head's smaller than his elbow and then you've got like a, a nissa face and it's horrible and you've got chandra's face and it's horrible but yeah i don't remember this ever happening i've never seen any adverts about this i don't know what this is uh it looks bad yeah so i remember when it was announced uh, quite possibly the end of 2018 i think uh, it was announced that um, Seismic Games were going to be working on a game for Wizards of the Coast. And then people were very confused about what it was going to be. Well, obviously, like, Arena was going to be, was was a, was a thing very much then. And people were wondering, well, are they going to port Arena to, to mobile? Because obviously they're, they're noted for their, their mobile games. Or is this just going to be like like Puzzle Quest? And then we, we finally got a bit more sort of information what it would be. And they said it was going to be a a new take on mobile CCGs. And we're like, okay, it, it's going to be magic. And then they released some screenshots and gameplay like videos, I guess. And it, it just doesn't look like magic. It's like, like what if half stone, but magic. Yeah. It, it, but it's it just, but just creatures. It, it's really bad. And the fact that it hasn't even, even seen any sort of release outside of the, the quote unquote Nordic region yet. Is, uh, is probably testament to, to how 
successful that game is going to be. Yeah, not not very. It's also not been released. And it's been nine months. Yeah. So uh, God knows. I I don't yeah. know or care particularly. Yeah, same. I can't imagine anybody will when it eventually comes out next year. I assume. Cool. After that, we had the the release of the first lot of the uh, legendary collection relic tokens by Ultra Pro. Yeah, I, I have two of those. They're pretty nice. I don't really care about them that much. Yeah, same. Uh, I I don't care <laughs> for the for the relic tokens like at all. But people seem to like them. I mean, they're pretty, but they scuff up really easily, which is annoying. Yeah. Like, I've got a Marchesa in the Nazami, and pretty much as soon as I took the little plastic peeling thing off, um, little, like, plastic sheet on the front, it just got scuffed, and I was like, oh, this looks kind of bad now. I mean, they're cool, yeah, but, like, I, dice are just better. I, I just don't know. I just don't know why you'd spend, like, a couple of quid on, on a token. Because like... either you're me, and you have no respect for the amount of money that you have, and just compulsively buy random stuff because it's related to magic. Sure. Or you're a commander player who just bust money on random crap just one and the same then so yes me huh? yeah <laughs> that's a good description yeah, I, mean, I mean i guess uh, i guess i'll, I'll change that that's like, like a bit because like i can totally get it if you if you were buying like a custom token from like um like someone like inkling tokens or like if you're if you're paying like an artist to, to make some tokens for you like absolutely like fully fully support independent artists give them some money to make you some tokens that's awesome but I don't know why I'd want to pay like Ultra Pro like four quid for a bit of plastic with a Tarmogoy picture on it. I don't know. Like, they look pretty cool. The legendary one's pretty cool. Like I said, like the, the Marchese one's really nice. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's kind of they're kind of whatever. Yeah. Ultra Pro trying to make more money. That's fine. Cool. So next up on our list was the the first Magic Invitational. Yes. Now this was a it was pretty controversial at the time, wasn't it? It it was an event. It happened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it seemed it was quite good. I enjoyed watching it at the time. Yeah, i th- I think I think it's actually the most fun I've had watching <laughs> watching a magic event this year. Uh, prob probably yeah. I think that's that's probably accurate. Yeah. It was like nothing we'd ever seen before, and it was just like it was a glorified coin flipping tournament, really. Oh yeah. And I, I think like if you you went into it fully understanding that and and just watching watching some of the i guess i guess the streamer personalities really were the ones that really shone in that event and it was really cool to see that and to see some people play on such a big stage that you wouldn't necessarily see or see in that way and yeah i, I felt like it, it was a good way to showcase some some good magic personalities rather than some good magic gameplay, which there really wasn't. Yeah, that, uh, watching most of those games, just like Jesus Christ, this is not magic. And it's good that they—it seems like Wizards have learned from that, and they, they heard everyone's complaints. Yeah. So I guess it was good from that point of view. Trying something out, like like I said, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I'm all for them trying something out and just like it missing and then learning from it than not trying stuff. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you know, when buying Dragon Gucci, so. Absolutely, yeah. I I think the the right player won. I think at the end of the day, and I I think his his speech when he when he won was absolutely fantastic. He got his trophy, and oh, so what are you going to do with the money? Oh, well, I'm I'm in the market for beta cards. So good. <laughs> Just, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. It's the 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 tournament with the largest cash prize that Magic has ever done. And what is the winner going to do? He's going to spend that money on old cards. Yeah, it's great. And uh, again. Uh, Mengu, another excellent ambassador for the game. 
Yeah, strong agree. A wonderful guy. After that, we have the the second Mythic Championship of the Year, which we actually attended. Hey, you can't you can't gloss over the fact that Owen Thurmond was kicked out of the MPL and of Magic. Yeah, oh, I didn't want to gloss over it. I just, I just I don't want to put that guy's name in my mouth. Hey, yeah, fuck doesn't that guy. deserve it. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, I mean, there's been some developments, but I mean, mainly mainly fuck that guy. Yeah, cool. strong agree. Mythic Championship, uh, London, yes. Mythic Championship London, which we were were both actually at. We were, yeah. I, I, I'd always wanted to see uh, a Pro Tour, because, you know, it's technically, yeah. technically a Pro Tour. And it was nice to have, I guess, what was one in our backyard, kind of. I mean, it took some travelling too, and that weekend was... Whew, that was a weekend. That absolutely was was a weekend. Uh, again, we did, we, did, we did an episode covering that weekend in detail, which you can totally go check out. It was... Uh, <laughs> it was it was an experience, definitely. God bless you, Mount Lambo. Yeah, what a guy. Um, Shout out Lambo. Yeah, it was a good weekend. I really enjoyed that weekend. Um, yes, yeah, it, it was fantastic, and I think it it was really cool. Um, I played in the GP and got battered about by God Eternals. Yeah, you um, did. That was that was. Ooh. Yeah, that was not fun. It yeah that that was not fun. But then I played Legacy for the rest of the weekend, so that was great. That was very fun. Uh, and then yeah we. Managed to see bits of the of the, the Mythic Championship uh, and got to, to meet some players as well and speak to them. And I helped Martin Juzo wash his hands. That was a thing. You couldn't work out how to use the taps <laughs> in the toilet. So I was like holding the tap down for him while he was washing his hands. That was quite funny. That was, yeah. I was, <laughs> just when I bumped into you, I was like, oh, how are you doing? You're like, I've, I've just made, I helped him wash his hands. So I was like, oh. Okay, cool. Like, you like, you were like buzzing about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really excited about it. It's really, it's just a really odd interaction. I quite enjoyed that a lot. I got to meet LSV, which was really cool. I got a selfie, got him to to sign a couple of good shots. That was sweet. But yeah, it's weird. Like, cause I, I, I watched a Mythic Championship, like a Pro Tour final, and it was so underwhelming. Especially like, given seeing obviously the final of uh, MC Cleveland. And how big and emotional that was, and watching yeah. watching the final of the Invitational, and how great that was. And then you watch watch the the final of Mythic Championship London. I was standing in a room full of people, and then Eli Loveman won, uh, yeah. uh, and then everyone just sort of left the room, <laughs> and that was it. There was no like celebration. There was no real applause. Yeah, there was like a small sort of round of applause, and then that was it. Everyone just got up and left. I was like, oh, that's kind of sad. I yeah, feel bad for Eli Loveman. I'm really yeah, glad that the world knows his name. You know, yeah, uh, and I, I, I hope so. I hope it continues to, to be to be remembered. I feel like like a lot of the times, like you, you'll get players that will win a GP, or they'll you know they'll they'll spike a, a pro tour and then like once and then never have a a good enough finish again, and they'll just kind of be forgotten to the history books. Yeah, I hope that it's happen. a real shame when that when that happens, and like winning a GP or or a Mythic Championship is is such an incredible feat really like when you think about it like so many factors have to come into play and for it to, to all come together like that i think it, it's definitely worthy you're, you're worthy of, of no definitely yeah definitely um obviously the uh the mythic championship where uh your boy watanabe was was removed yeah speaking worthy worthy of note uh mm. yeah you watanabe was disqualified after round 16 for having marked cards and it was quite clearly Mark Tronlands. Yep. And it, yeah, he was eventually removed from the Hall of Fame. And it was, it's just, just such a 
horrific stain on his i guess what we what we'd come to know as as a as a fantastic magic career suddenly tainted like has he has he been cheating us this whole time like why did he feel the need to cheat when he was you know as as an mpl player was getting like an appearance just to be at that event anyway and uh, so many questions i feel like are unanswered but yeah that i think that put a put a real downer on the whole thing and that's probably one of the reasons why I guess Eli Loveman's win was was overshadowed so much, really. Yeah, that was that was a, a crappy time, and yeah, I mean that that I guess kind of signals the the downfall of Magic in two thousand nineteen in a sense. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that happened. There was like, oh, that's really bad, and then a load of bad things kept happening to Magic. Um, yeah, and now we're here. So yeah, I mean that was that was the the pre-release weekend of War of the Spark. Oh, it was. That was, yeah, the fantastic pre-release weekend where Wizards of the Coast made players in the UK choose between going to their local game store or going to one of two Grand Prix of the year. Yep. Um, we obviously went to the GP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously. As you yeah, would. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't blame anybody for not going to the GP. You know, I wouldn't blame anybody for going to the GP. It was, it was an unfortunate situation that I, I hope... I hope this doesn't happen again to anybody. No, it was really bad. Uh, I think we also our our opinions of that happening were well documented at the time. Yeah, and how definitely. bad it was for you know sort of dumping on game stores, which they continue yeah. to do. Because absolutely, you know, how absolutely. you know how that game wouldn't exist or be successful if it weren't for game stores. Yeah, and you know how they continue to keep disrespecting game stores. Yeah, and then keep you know having arena break. So even your like good online platform that you want to focus all your time and attention and money on is just still quite bad. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> good game. Agreed. Right. So yeah, that was. So it was the it was the the pre-release for War of the Spark, yes. which that was a that was a set. I think so. I think my my biggest my biggest personal regret of the year is not just buying out um, ninety three and, and three four one. Uh, of their stock of Teferi Time Ravelers at four pounds each. Were they four pounds? Yeah, on the Friday. On the Friday, they were four pounds each for Teferi Time Raveler. Oh my god! And Khan was like three pounds. Jesus, you forget because like those those two cards, those all those cards are just so entrenched in formats now and staples and worth a lot of money and <sighs> they just all were. All the Planeswalkers were so cheap, apart from like Liliana and Boldus. Yeah, and they're now much. And I, I, I knew Teferi would be good. I knew how good he was. That's again, like you can go back and listen to our, our episode about planeswalkers before the spark. Oh, our no, reviews of planeswalkers. Don't and, do that. Uh, don't do that. My takes are so bad. <laughs> oh, Liliana is the best planeswalker in the set. She's probably the best planeswalker in standard. I'm an idiot. Please don't go back and listen to how bad that was. I think I think I got I called Teferi quite rightly. Yeah, and, uh, you're, you're really smart though. I should have put my money where my mouth was and bought them all at four pounds. <laughs> yeah, Mister, I'm buying a secret lair bundle. Yeah. Should have should have spent all your money then and made loads of money. Oh no, I got a secret lair bundle. Yeah, no, but you should you should have yeah. instead of doing that, you should have spent loads of money on Teferis and made loads of money yeah. uh, as opposed to yeah. buying a secret lair bundle and making like I don't know five percent. Yeah, make like fifty quid in six months' time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a great spec. Yeah. Oh well. So yeah, the actual the week after that, we saw the actual release of War of the Spark. It was a set with thirty six planeswalkers, thirty seven if you include the buy box promo. You absolutely should. Yeah, that's uh, even though it's is. not in the set. It is but, in the set. 
It's not in the set. You get one from every box you buy. Oh, while stocks last. While stocks last. Yeah. Uh, that card's also quite bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. I definitely played against it a couple of times in Arena fairly recently. There's definitely like a blue-black artifact deck that's kicking around the uh, the low gold rankings. People but... are only playing that Tezzeret because the uh, on Arena, the like animation that happens when you use his ability is dope. That is it's the only cool. reason. Big yeah. laser hand. That's the only reason yeah. people are playing that card. It is pretty cool. But yeah, we got that, that set with 36 Planeswalkers. Who'd have thought? I, I was completely wrong. Who'd have thought? I, I don't know. Like we At the start, we were like, oh, 36 Planeswalkers, that's going to break the format. And then we saw them, and we were like, this isn't going to break the format. And then it broke every format. Yep. <sighs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I was wrong on so, so many levels. I was like, we all were. The set will have 36 Planeswalkers. Oh, great. So you get 36 boosters in a box and each booster pack will have one planeswalker and a special planeswalker slot and you'll get one you'll get one of each planeswalker in a box yeah yeah because no no they'll never they'll never print uncommon planeswalkers ever no were my horrendous takes from back then (laughs) i specifically remember you messaging me being like oh these idiots on this group say they'll be uncommon planeswalkers they'll never do that that goes completely against new world order player design yep yep what's it like to be really wrong it... Oh, it's it, like hindsight is is twenty twenty on this one definitely. So is future sight. Yeah. <laughs> it's cause so next... is Marat Large. Because now. That reminds me of my favorite meme. Um, it's like that's been doing the rounds recently. It's like oh, people keep asking me what I'm going to do next month. Oh, I don't have twenty twenty vision. I like that's such a good joke, and you can only make it for another like. Um, 22 days yeah nice it's quite good it's quite good <laughs> first time i saw that i nearly wet myself and you're just like oh that's quite good yeah. that's that's an attempt at humor yeah um yeah and then you know magic got a lot worse from here just continued yeah. to like just fall over itself i think i think i think this this was it that we we sort of had an idea of what magic was and how magic works and how magic has worked for i'd say the majority of 25 years and it just it it feels like since war spark everything has changed that's the thing i think it, it's just completely different to any of the magic set we're used to yeah and like even just so different from ravnica allegiance and it, i don't know i i really i hope that they learn from these lessons but then again, like yeah. we've seen, like with their um, with the article they wrote about uh, Oko and their new philosophies with designing magic cards. This is just the new yeah. normal. So I guess we'll get used to it at a certain point, and we'll look back at War of the Spark and be like, "Oh, remember when we thought everything was busted?" And now that's just like the new normal and how it is. Yeah, I, I hope not personally, mm. but time will tell. Time will tell. So, what are your thoughts on War of the Spark then, in in general? At least my favorite card of all time. Yeah, Elhag the Rose Ball. He's pretty good. Oh. Great card. It's my. Yeah. It's, it's my. I love that card. The, the the art on that card is currently in my phone background. Nice. So good. My favorite commander. Other than that, terrible. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so awful. Yeah. For the game. So awful for every format. Yeah, that's it. it. It had it had a lot of cards that I I personally really like and think are are very good, very powerful cards. But at what cost? Is is the issue? I feel like the 
the damage the damage done to magic in, in whole from War of the Spark definitely outweighs the good and cool cards, I think, definitely. Yes. I'm just trying like, to... As, as much as, like, I love Narset and think Teferi's amazing, they've, they've caused so many problems. Like, Khan, <laughs> Khan practically just broke the game in a bunch of formats. Yep. Yeah. It's so silly. It, it really is, like... I don't know, we've got all the banned cards in this format, I guess. Or at least restricted cards. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's just so bad. And then, like, it just overshadows the rest of the the rest of the set. Uh, like, there's some sweet cards in this set. But they're just, like, fine. But they just get overshadowed by all the broken cards. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I think the, the cards... The cards either feel broken or useless and there doesn't really feel like there's an in-between yeah because i i i miss before we realized the war of the spark was broken because it was so exciting as i said it was sweet yeah it's like yeah. oh 36 planeswalkers 37 planeswalkers this is this is great and like it was really exciting we got to see them all we got introduced to a couple of new planeswalkers um we got to see like the, the arc of the story come to a close and we got to see that amazing trailer featuring liliana which was incredible yeah, that was amazing. The God Eternals are apart really sweet. From the, the part where they killed Dark Faden and didn't even put him in the set. <sighs> I shouldn't have mentioned it. Sorry. Never forget. I didn't mean to Still open, too soon. I didn't mean to open that wound up, so sorry. Um, but you had, like, the God Eternals are really sweet. Like, they're just yeah. really, really cool. And, like, some of them are very, very powerful. They're very cool. Uh, you got, like, the finale cycle, which is very, very good. Yeah. Um, stuff like Massacre Girl, when you, like, hear the story about that, they wanted to print it in the, like, the original Return to Ravnica set and just, just didn't have space and it's been in in the works for ages and they finally found a place to put it and it's a really cool card with really cool art like you got the fibble thip card that was really sweet yeah and then like we just got a bunch of returning characters that we hadn't seen for a while like ashiok we hadn't had ashiok for for years and we've got a new ashiok card which is really good as well soren finally got out the wall <laughs> yuri and soren are fighting yeah. kiora's back it, yeah it was really cool just to see all of these these characters that haven't had cards or haven't featured in in the magic story for quite some time finally come together for this this epic final showdown yeah and we got tomic and got to explore like uh, a homosexual relationship in magic properly yeah sweet. which was nice uh and then you know had all the other lore that greg wiseman wrote a book about and completely destroyed that was nice yeah that was a nice little bonding moment for the magic community uh, without war of the spark we wouldn't have war of the spark forsaken you know so yeah, like like I said, the damage done by War of the Spark <laughs> were definitely outweighs the positives. Irreparable. Yeah, 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 and then just like loads of sweet cards, like you know, Bovin's Veto, great card, Neoform. Remember Neoform? Yeah. About busted that deck was for about two weeks, maybe probably longer do than you, that. Um, do you remember on the? I don't know if you saw any of the the sort of pre-release, um, like promotional material for the Spark. Do you remember the, like, the movie poster style poster? Yeah, it's sweet. It's still up in, in Mana League. Yeah, do you remember how in like, big letters at like, the top when it's listing the cast, it lists the Wanderer? Yeah. And then do you remember how we didn't really actually find out anything about the Wanderer? Hey, she... In either of the books or the set. She she features heavily in War of the Spark Forsaken. Well, I don't know about heavily, but she's, she's definitely in there. She's in there. She features a lot more heavily than Castamino does, who isn't in the book at all. Yes. He's like a really cool <laughs> character that we don't know anything about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know. The law's really cool. It just didn't. It just isn't explored in any kind of way. Yeah. Oh, God knows. I, I don't know. It just felt weird. It feels like yeah, like the cards. It feels like I don't know. 
generally the mythic planeswalkers should be the headliners of the story you know mm. and then the uncommon planeswalkers should play some kind of roles but it's just like the entire book is written for the entire two books are written from the point of view of teo for some reason yeah. and other characters that we don't actually know like rat like what's that yeah who's that why is rat she there? Is a character that, that greg wiseman made up why is she there who was probably going to feature in and a magic card in the future. Great, but like, why are you not featuring featuring like, like you said, like Kasmina or like, why? What? Oh God, it's so annoying. Yeah. Because the gathering, the gathering storm, I think, is the the series of stories that were written for War of the Spark. Yeah, that were, those were good. Yeah, definitely agreed. I enjoyed them a lot, like um, with Vraska and Ral and like that whole thing, and like I really enjoyed those stories. And then you know. We just got some some more crap, right? If we focus this much on each set, we're gonna, we're gonna it's gonna take all night. <laughs> That's true. Cool. So next up, it's Commander Masters. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Yeah, Modern Horizons was was released uh, on June fourteenth of this year. All of these cards suck. A, They're so bad. Yeah, it was another set where ourselves and most of the Magic community. Got got a lot wrong. Um, oh, yeah, these cards are bad. Yeah, yeah. I think like it was it was the take from a lot of vocal people. I think in the magic community was that it was it was just commander masters and none of these cards seemed good enough to see play in modern. Or oh, this card might be good in this deck, but this deck is so narrow it'll never see play. Looking at you, Urza. All of these cards are broken. <laughs> yeah, all of these cards are broken. Yep. All of these cards are broken, and like maybe modern and probably legacy and, and vintage would be better if this set hadn't been printed. Well, I'd still be able to play nice basic lands, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a set that made basic lands irrelevant. You just like just like looking at like the the cards in the set, just like off the top of my head. So you've got like force of negation, yeah, force of vigor. That's a good card. Um, yeah, Urza. Yep. Yorgmoth. That's like a reasonable card. Yeah. Um, snow-covered plains, island, mountain, forest, swamp. They're all broken. Yeah. Arkham's Astrolabe. Yep. The, that's, that's definitely a card. The um, uh, Horizon Lands, the Canopy Lands. Yep. They're stupid. Why? Do, why do they exist? Hogakarism, Necropolis, Red and yep. Six. Like. What is this set? It's just so much of a problem. There's so many, yeah. so many busted cards, and like for all the for all the great cards that um, we introduced to formats, like I think Icefang Quartz is a great card to have in the format. Like it's annoying that you have to play Snow Cover Basics in that in that way, but like Icefang Quartz is a great card. Yeah, I'm just so happy I was right about that one. Yeah, I was so wrong. I'm an idiot. It it took some time, but you know that that flying snake finally got there. What a legacy GP. Yeah. I was so wrong. Um, Soul Herder, that was a deck for yep. a minute in modern. That that deck was really good. Crushing Footballs, that was a deck for about a minute as well. Oh, that it was so sweet though. Is it Rhinos? Woo! Yeah, <laughs> the card was great. And obviously you had like Scale Up. There's a card for you. Oh yeah, I love that. How did I forget that card? I love that card so much. That's great. And you had like Ultra Dementia, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. Everyone. Ultra Dementia was was definitely broken for for a time. So many cards you look at, it's like, uh, like at the time I remember being like, oh, this isn't good enough. Or, oh, this probably isn't good enough. And then being like, oh, fact of fiction. Well, there goes modern. That's going to ruin modern. 
it's not where it, and then they, then they print into the story and it's just much better. Yeah. Um, Nimble Mongoose. Remember that? Yeah. I don't know. Just like, it, <laughs> I forgot that was in this set. <laughs> exactly. Like it's all these cards you forget about. They were like the cards that we thought were busted going in. Like we thought we thought Kess was going to be really good. We yeah. thought Flusterstorm was going to be really good. Yep. Uh, Unearth has kind of proved itself a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But like all of these cards are just like, oh, this will be too good. Uh, yeah. Was it Lava Dart? Yep. Yeah, we knew Lava Dart was going to be a good card, definitely. I'm I'm glad that we called Mox Tunnel out right though. Oh god, that card sucks so bad. It's just it's a waste of ink. It really is. It's it's unfortunate. It's um really. Wait, I, I would go as far as saying it's a waste of art as well because I think the art is absolutely fantastic. The art is beautiful, and it's such a shame that that art will never be on a playable card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's just such a sweet set, and it, it didn't look that impressive going in. But I mean, you look, you look back at it, and it was such a cool set. Like you had the the sword side. Yeah, yeah, the swords. You had the last of the um, the morphling cycle, yeah. With uh, endling, endling, yeah. Which that is, card was very good and limited. Which is very funny because it's the last of the ling cycle, and it's called yeah. endling, right? <laughs> yep. Good joke. But you had stuff like that, and you had like the talisman cycle, which was really really sweet. You had we're printing all these old cards and like throwbacks. You had like a throwback to Maritlage and stuff like that, and <sighs> just it looked so cool you had a legendary bear great yeah so cool and then it just got completely ruined <sighs> which is a shame because i think this, set, this set's great if you don't put it in constructed ever <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i think that the limited format is, is absolutely fantastic um i played a limited uh european magic weekend qualifier was that what they were, what they were called? Oh God knows, there are too many acronyms at this point, right? Yeah. So, so, I, but yeah. Anyway, whatever whatever it was called, I played one of them, and it was it was Modern Horizon Sealed, and that was fantastic. I really enjoyed that, and I'd play that again any day. So many things about it were great, and then they just accidentally broke every format. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just a shame. Uh, yeah, I, I, and that's just a symptom of this year, I guess. Well, a symptom of this year from what, like April forward. May forward, yeah. More of the spark was released. Just everything else has just been bad. So bad. I agree, definitely. But you know, we'll probably repeat this all either next year or the year after when they release Modern Horizons two. Nah, they must learn. They'll learn. They know. have to. No, because it, it, so. it already exists, doesn't it? Modern Horizons yeah. two is already all sorted, pretty much. Yeah, probably. So hopefully they didn't make cool. egregious mistakes. But yes, moving on. Next up, we have. Uh, I'd say probably our next most important event of the year was uh, June 28th, Pauper finally got official tabletop support. I'm just going to skip over Signature Spell, but Gideon? Uh, How? Yeah, because it probably won't exist next year. <laughs> like, How dare you? Yeah. But uh, you had the rest in peace. And a faster exile, yep. It's great. And, and some some great new art for Black Blade. Yeah, that, that was cool. Yeah, but... you got a rest in peace featuring Gideon and everyone cried about it because it was very sad. It was like, screw Gideon, he sucks. And then you saw him, like, you know, you saw his gravestone, you're like, oh, I feel bad now. And also, now you have a copy of Rest in Peace that wasn't illustrated by a turf and a Nazi, so that's nice. That is true, I'll, I'll give you that, a definitely. Great moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's Pulpit. Yeah, I, th- I think, <laughs> in in the long run, I think uh, Pauper finally getting actual tabletop support after the years and years and years. And like a unified type Pauper legality list as well. Uh, it's been a very long time coming, and yeah, I don't think there's a lot to to talk about. I just I just think it's 
it's an important milestone for that format and in one that, that finally finally solidifies it as as it's just an important format hopefully there's a gp incoming yeah that would be nice that would be very nice yeah absolutely yeah i think that was great i think everyone was universally happy about that it made the format make sense time. like yeah. the fact that it was different like online was different to paper and like no one really knew the ban list and it was all just kind of a mess but now that it's actually like a supported format it's so great and i can't wait for portal masters or yep. portal horizons or whatever the hell cool so next up we had the release of core set 2020 now this one going in we were like oh this this seems really powerful for a core set yeah, but, I, I remember being very excited about it. Yeah, that thing it was welcome, right? It's like corsets normally suck. We don't really like corsets, yep. but this one seems pushed and it seems very, very powerful for a corset, but not powerful for a standard set. It just seems medium, and I think that was a good place yeah, to be. And we all we all enjoyed it. It turned out to be a, a reasonable limited format. Yeah, I quite like the limited format for this. Considering corset limited formats normally suck. Yeah. Um, it was great, and then it turns out they made a mistake. <laughs> Another mistake with this set. Yeah, and it wasn't the one anyone thought. I think they made several mistakes. Yeah, hey. they made two. No, yeah. Am I being stupid? Yeah, yeah. I think it was just two. So, right, the easy one: Field of the Dead. That yep. looked like a very uh, mediocre card. And yeah, definitely. Like, I think it, right away it, it was. It seemed to be quite clear that oh, this is that thing which they're going to do now. Whenever there's a core set, there's going to be a card that has like a like a really specific synergy with another card that is legal and standard, but is only legal and standard for a couple of months. So you get to play this cool, awesome deck for this this sort of limited time. It was very clear that Field of the Dead was designed to be played with Scapeshift, like. The only the only reason it was a thing. But... I, I think it was it was designed for commander. Be like, look at oh look at this cool casual commander card you get to have fun, and we also know that it goes well with scape shift. You get to do this yeah, it goes nice through scape shift, and we, we, you can play with scape shift for a, for a little while on standard. Yeah, and then oh no, it's the most egregious and boring card that we've ever printed. We're sorry. Which is like I don't know. It just kind of feels. It, I, obviously, hindsight is is a contributing factor here, but it just just feels stupid. Like. The fact that they wanted to print something that works specifically with Scape Shift and Standard, with hindsight, definitely feels like a bad idea to me because Scape Shift is, Scape Shift, it's a stupid magic card. It's always either doing nothing at all and it's just stone unplayable, or it's doing something completely broken. It's never just like a reasonable card. Yes, correct. Uh, yeah, and this was clearly, this was clearly an awful mistake. Yeah, definitely. It. It rewarded you for playing a land, which is something that you couldn't interact with in Standard at all. Yep, and now it's gone from Standard and Pioneer, which eventually happened, and that's good. Yep. <laughs> like, it's as simple as that. It's just like, that card was, was a problem. Uh, yes, agree. Now, we move on to the biggest mistake of that set. Yeah. Veil uh, of Summer. Yep. <laughs> I, one of my favourite cards. How, how would you like Cryptic Command? But... For one green. I love it. Obviously I love it as, as someone that loves <laughs> green cards. Big fan of Cryptic Command for one green mana. That's great. But um, yeah, in terms of playing it in a competitive tournament, it seems very bad for everyone everywhere. It was a mistake. It should not have been printed. 
yeah, I fully agree. Fully, fully agree. It's uh, the point where it's it's a card that it sees play in vintage. Mm-hmm. It sees main deck play in legacy. Yes. Uh, it's made Flusterstorm just irrelevant. Like, see, like that card is barely playable because you can just play Veil of Summer because it's it's just better in most cases. Yes, it is. And it's like, banned in a couple of formats now. Yep, as it should have been. Yeah, yeah. That, that... It should have just not been. I just really wish they could have mulliganed this card. It's just not printed it. It just seems so weird when we talk about like how busted the rest of the cards are, and you, you look at that card and you're like, oh, that seems really good. That seems like a nice card that we should have. And I'm excited that it exists. Yeah. And then you play with it like twice and you're like, oh. <laughs> oh god, no. It's just way, way too good. Yeah. I feel like again, like this 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 is another set where I like I'm looking at the cards now and, and going, Oh, I remember like when this card was spoiled. I remember seeing Dungeon Geists and be like, Oh sweet, that card's back. That might be playable. And oh disfigure. Disfigure's always been great, that'll be playable. Yeah, how wrong you were. Yeah. It just wiped. How wrong I was to think that Disfigure would be a playable magic card in the year 2019. It just wasn't. It's just, did it ever see any play? Like, not where it counts, no. I think, like, you, there, there's definitely, like, a, a budget blue-black deck that plays it, but just, it, it's it's never put any up any tournament results, which just kind of blows my mind, really. I don't know. I think that's the thing, looking at that set, you're like, wow, Omnath seems really good. I like that card. Wow, maybe Field of the Dead's like a cool card to play with some other cards. Oh wait, this uncommon is completely broken. Yeah, I mean, Risen Reef was one that, that I feel like I, I picked up on quite early on. Um, just played against, like, see, you, you see it being played, and or have it played against you, and suddenly it just generates so much value. And I think that card was definitely very problematic for a time. Yeah, remember when Team Elementals was the best deck? Yeah, was such yeah, a long I remember. Time ago. Well, and I think the the other card that I I think was a mistake was uh, was Mystic Forge. Yeah. Because it's, <laughs> it's now restricted in vintage. Yes. Yeah, that was a problem. I mean, there's a whole other conversation around you know Mishra's workshop and how really that should be the card that should be restricted. Um, to be honest, even then, like Mystic Forge should probably just be restricted as well. Yes. It's too good. It is way too, too good. good. I agree. And also manifold key, like they just printed a strictly better like voltaic key. Yeah, but does that ever come up? Well, yeah, because it just replaces voltaic key in vintage. Yeah, but I mean, like, are people like you, you don't ever like you don't ever need to use the the three mana tap it to make a creature unblockable this turn. But I don't know, just like voltaic keys always, it's always been like a really cool iconic card, and then. Just out of nowhere in a random core set, here's just a strictly better version of it that invalidates it. I guess someone somewhere has probably made a couple of Blightstall classes and blockable, right? Yeah, quite possibly. But none none that I've seen myself in the tournament. Yeah, that kind of sucks. But I mean, all round, like, I, I thought this was a good set, apart from those two egregious mistakes. Yeah, I think there's there's probably about a good handful of cards that I personally would would just veto from the set. But as far as core sets go, I think this is this is more where I'd like to see the power level than we have seen in, in previous years. Yes, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, last thing is it was a pushed set, but, like, one of the cards was accidentally a mistake, and one of the cards was an uncommon that isn't a mistake in the same way that something like Oko is a mistake, you know? Yeah. So I, I like everything else about the set. Like, the Mythics were good, the Rares were good. Um, yeah, I thought it was a cool set. 
but it's just unfortunate that they printed two <laughs> cards that were way too good. Yeah. Cool. That's that one dealt with. Yeah, cool. So, next up, uh, we had the announcement that Wizards of the Coast have said, going forward, Magic Story will only be told through ebooks rather than weekly episodic stories. And this was terrible. Screw that, yeah. I... Yeah, like, again, like I don't think it's a, it's a massive... I don't think we've got a lot to say about it, but it was just, just a bad idea overall. I think, and mm-hmm. we've seen we've seen the books that have come since, uh, and uh, not just none of them have been great. Uh, no, I agree. I think the weekly stories were great. I think yep. the the well, the last one I probably read was Dominaria. Yeah, uh, it ended up sucking, but <laughs> um, not for the reasons that War of the Spark sucks. Or World of the Spark, Forsaken sucks. It was just kind of a boring story, but it was very well written. It was engaging. Um, it's like it waved a lot. It's just the story was kind of boring and kind of like yeah, I didn't care about it that much. Whereas yeah, like, we did, again we did a whole two hour episode on that. If you want to go that check so, that out, that was so much fun. We should yeah. do that again. Oh, Matt, should, yeah, should I, I just I, buy War of the Spark, Forsaken, and we could just like no, take? No, don't, don't. Don't go and give them money for that. Sorry, should I steal War of the Spark for sake and we can just take the piss out of it for two hours? Yeah, quite possibly. That sounds pretty good. I, I I like the idea of that. But yeah, like this was a bad move. Generally, like moving to ebooks and the novels and stuff. These the novels like like remember when novels used to come in fat packs? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't because I wasn't playing then. But I, I've definitely purchased fat packs that have contained novels. Yes, and that's great. I think that's a great way to do it. And they could have done yep. that with this, but they didn't. And nope. it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, definitely agree there. Sweet. Cool. So next up, we have the announcement that the Judge program was ending and it would be replaced with Judge Academy. Now, we're not particularly qualified to comment on this, I don't think. Neither of us nope. are judges, but we know a lot of judges and it seemed like they were unhappy with it at the time. They seem kind of unhappy with it now, but everything's just sort of rolling along okay, I guess. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where uh, the vast majority of people that I know who are judges don't like the system, mm-hmm. but they like being judges. And currently, there is no other system, and there probably won't be another system. Yeah. So what what can you do, really? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the promos are cool. Yeah, the the, the promos are, that they've announced are, are really cool and. Yeah, they they have been they've they've all been worth the the annual fee you have to pay, but yeah, I, I I don't know I I'm not a fan of that system myself, and I I, I would I would personally love to see some sort of judges union. That would be great. I, I think there's there's definitely scope for it within the agreement that Wizards of the Coast have because the Judge Academy contract is not an exclusive one. So if a judges union was to be formed, then they could work something out Wizards of the Coast, definitely. But realistically, it probably won't happen. I think it's probably just going to be Judge Academy or nothing. And there's power in a union. Yep, agreed. I think that'd be great. But yeah, probably yeah. But I mean, yeah, like I said, like it seems to have not created any great troubles in terms of OP, I guess. I honestly don't feel comfortable coming on this because I don't I don't know enough about it to like have a take really. It seemed kind of bad for the people that I spoke to about it, but it seems to be doing okay. Yeah, so yeah. I, it's it's I think it's just it left a lot of people in very difficult positions uh, when it was announced, and 
I think that coupled with like the organized play announcement and the organized play restructure really sort of threw the whole judge system in, in a, a lot of confusion really like I mean as it stands currently like you're, you're not required to have a judge to run any magic event in a store that includes WPNQs that includes like PTQs or like you're no longer like as of this year like you're no longer required to have a judge run those events yeah you absolutely you absolutely should if you run an event like you absolutely should and judge academy is there to help you with that and supply judges and support you there 100 percent. but technically there's no requirement yeah yeah that's true it's yeah it's, it's just been such a strange year it really has let's move on to the next strange thing that happened so the next thing, which I, I thought was really cool, was Mythic Championship 4. It was in Barcelona, Spain, and that was won by Torolf Severin. Yes. One of the arena boys. Yeah, who oh, seems like a great guy, seems like a very deserving winner. Yeah, absolutely. He's Yeah, uh, I haven't watched a lot of arena boys myself, but uh, I I think Riley Knight's great and love any of the content he puts out. And I've seen seen a few of their videos, and they're, they're really cool. They... Do that thing like where they just they just seem to really just love magic and have fun with it in their own way and yeah yeah the fact that like Toralf is, is obviously a, a very good player mm. uh, managed to win this this mythic championship and get his name in the history books forever is is fantastic and, and well deserved from the looks of it yeah watching Riley lose his mind over Twitter the entire time was so fun <laughs> yeah it's just, just great wholesome magic moment just how proud he was yeah, yeah excellent awesome so next up uh, we had the the changes to organized play and. Uh, they announced what the MPL would look like. Uh, there was going to be the split, the MPL gauntlet, the Rivals League, and there was there was finally like eight months into the air, we finally got an idea of what organised play would look like for for Magic going forward. Mm-hmm. There was going to be two clear paths. There was going to be tabletop. There was going to be arena. And if you want to qualify through tabletop, this is what you would have to do to to and qualification for the players tour which is essentially is the pro tour and then the players tour finals and then eventually worlds was at the top of there and then both systems fed into worlds and i think I, I don't know i still don't know who did it did the graphic but there is a fantastic graphic probably the best bit best like bit of information was the coast of put out this year it's just it's it's a graphic which just very clearly shows the progression paths of like how you progress from being your average player going to an FNM or sitting at home playing arena to to getting to worlds all through all the different stages and I feel like that's one of the things that I I'd been crying out for as a player as as I guess an aspiring competitive player for for the past year really yes and I don't care about being competitive at all so I don't know anything about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's good it all seems very very good it's all kind of a little bit confusing still to me um, but at yeah. least they laid it out I guess. It's it still just doesn't feel like like anywhere near as, as rewarding like the average players like the previous system was. And I still don't think there was you know there was there was anything really that wrong with the previous system. But hey, at least we have some clear paths now, and I'm happy with that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Now, so next up, this is my favorite my favorite part of 2019. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which part is that? When they released the open beta for Magic the Gathering Companion. They did, yeah. Tournament organiser, Magic Companion. Have you used Magic Companion? No. 
I I've used Magic Companion several times. Is it good? It does not pair Swiss rounds the same way that were pairs Swiss rounds. So when when you're pairing a tournament that you're then recording on were when there's a computer that's running were that's being used for something else, uh, it's it's a bit annoying that for whatever reason they both don't just pair the same way. Nope. I mean, was a great thing. I don't think I don't think it needs to be replaced. I think it's just the, the pinnacle of how tournament organization can be. <sighs> <laughs> so bad. So this is this is the thing. Like we're we're as bad. I know they are working on something to replace or improve upon it. Would you say that they're working on it? They, they are, I would say they are working on Thank it. Thank you. But then also at the same time, like out of the you know the big TCGs or CCGs were is like the best most straightforward to use like event reporter there is yeah. it's so much better than the Pokemon system yep. it's so much better than the official Yu-Gi-Oh system yep. yeah so I, I, I don't know I mean there's probably no excuse for it but you know it's a thing and hey if you want you can you can use companion if you're in tournaments at home yes which I never am I'm running them in a store well, the thing that we did see something which went hand in hand with the announcement of the the companion open beta. Yep. And that was the announcement that Magic the Gathering Portal <laughs> app was cancelled. Remember, it was on the side of all the boxes, being like, "This is yeah." Despite being on the side of, of multiple booster boxes yeah. this year, so this is the best uh, way. Yeah, the app was cancelled. This is the best way to 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 just play Magic. It's the best companion for Magic. It's great. You can it's got a live counter, and you can look at rules, and you can you can look up cards, and it'll have like gather on it, and it's just like oh, it doesn't exist anymore. Yep, because it was on the side of like Kaladesh boxes, right? And they had like marketing in Kaladesh like packs or like Age Revolt no, packs. No, no not in, in Kaladesh. Uh, I don't think it was back as far as Kaladesh. Um, I swear it was like it was hinted at like ages ago and then it was hinted at again. The, yeah, I think there might have. It wasn't on the Kaladesh boxes, but I think it might have been in like advert cards and like a, like a coming soon portal. Yeah. Thing, I think definitely. But it is, it is definitely on the side of the box for uh, Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance. Yes, yes, it is. It's just like it never really existed properly. Yeah, so good because it's meant to be like companion, and then it was also meant to just like you know have a life counter, which is which is good because like Wizards only really had an official uh, life counter app. Yeah, it was going to kind of be everything. Like it was, you could run tournaments from it. It had it had a life counter on it, and it had it had like store locator, and uh, you know you could you could find. You could find out when events were running in your area, that kind of thing. Like those were the, the features that were reportedly going to be <laughs> available would, on. It would have portal. rules on it. It would have gather on it, and you could yeah. like, look at cards and see how things work. It would be great, like for casual tournaments at least, obviously, because you're not allowed to have phones in Comprel or above. But uh, yeah, and they were just like, no, nah, not anymore. Nope. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. So next up, we have the release of Throne of Eldraine. Oh God, the less said about this, the better. Yeah, no, I feel I like know. we talk we talk about it so much every week. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a set, right? Yeah, I, the thing is, I love this set so much. I love everything about the set, apart from the broken cards. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I feel like for for everything they got right as far as like flavor goes, like top down design on this has been absolutely fantastic, but. 
there just been I feel like there's just been so many misses on so many cards. Yeah, I I agree, but it's just it like it's so great. I love the setting. Like I love the plane of Aldrain so much. I think it's great. I love the lore behind it. Like all the story behind it is great. Um, with uh, Garrick and, and I don't know if all of the story is great, but yeah, it, the general gist of the story is, is a decent one. What's your problem with the story? Oh, just like when uh, when Oko's uh, shapeshift himself to look like like you know like the king's advisor who's looked after the Kenrith kids for years and years and years. He doesn't have a scar over his eye, and then. Like they don't realize, they don't question that at all, and that was one of the defining like features of the characters that he has like a scar over his eye. Yeah, it's because it's, it's a fairy tale, and like kids in fairy tales fall for all sorts of stupid stuff. That doesn't matter. Oh, it does. Oh, it's fine. But like the general story is like good. I really like it, and I like Garrick returning and Garrick being, you know, relieved of the curse and like. Yeah, Garrick's redemption arc is great. Yeah, definitely, the, Cam- the Camerons are great, and Oko's character is like really cool. I, I think like the idea of a trickster, like a sort of like like a, char- a character that pranks people <laughs> and like deceives people, and like I think that's really cool. I think all of the cards, I, I love most of the cards in the set, like either from a flavor point of view, like the showcase cards are really really cool. Like the storybook arts are great. Um, I think collector boosters were abysmal, but <laughs> whatever. But like all of it's so good. I I just I love everything about it. And then they just happened to print Oko, and it was just a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Oko was the only mistake in the set, but yeah, Oko was definitely the biggest problem. Um, but I, again, I think you had the issue of like Kenrith should have been in the set, mm-hmm. uh, Cobalt should have either been in the set, or just like the Brawl cards shouldn't have been standard legal. Cobalt's making some problems currently. Yep. Uh, I I think there are still some problematic cards that we haven't seen them hit their hit their stride yet. Like Fires of Invention, I think is a massive mistake, and I can guarantee you that card will be banned in twenty twenty. Uh, Mystic Sanctuary. Yeah, Mystic Sanctuary causing some problems all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emery has caused some big problems in modern as well. Yep. Uh, I I feel like Quest and Beast just feels horrible and standard. <laughs> it feels horrible everywhere. It's it's just I think it's it's just too good. It's just just the power level I think is just the the jump has just been slightly too big. This I thing. think which is which is unfortunate because honestly I I love the set so much. I think like um, the adventure mechanic is excellent. I think it's one of my favorite mechanics. I think it's really really good. Um, I think putting the lore and like the flavor of fairy tales and stuff into cards has been great. Um, I'm a big fan of cards like like the gingerbread cabin. I just think that's great. I really like them all that. Yeah, I, I think it, it's been a fantastic flavor win, but I feel like for me personally, it's just, it's missed on so many other levels. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Like, there's so many other sweet ca- like cult cards that I look at and think that's really cool. Like, I think the Royal Science is really cool. I think Murderous Rider is really cool. I think uh, the Castles are really cool. The Great Henge is really cool. Like, I I like the cards and like I'm excited to see them. I think a Fable Passage is really cool. Um, whether that's a mistake or not. We'll, you know, we'll find, we'll find out, I suppose. Just because it's yeah, shuffling in standard sucks. But I think I I personally think shuffling is great, but I I think the card sucks. I think it's great. It's a great card. I think it sucks. I think like you just it it's just it just feels so awkward so many times. Like you can't play it. 
you, you can't play it on curve properly and it, it just it feels awkward a lot of the times that you draw it or have it in your open hand mm. it's it feels it feels strange i think to me because like typically typically i'm used to seeing like a fetch land is what you want to see in your opening hand whereas with this one it's just a fetch land you want to draw later on in the game yeah i agree um but i, I don't know i just i just love this set. i think oko is a cool card this is the thing like I, the fact that it's busted and a mistake and shouldn't have ever been printed is unfortunate but i think it's a really really cool card i think garrick's a really cool card i just love all the cards like faber elder i love that card i just i love this set so much and i love a plane and i love adventure and it's just a shame that the entire set has been ruined. <laughs> yeah. Same with War of the Spark. Like, War of the Spark was so cool. It was really cool, but it just they yeah. just got ruined by all the cards in it. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> if you just printed the commander cards, it'd be so great. That's why I want Magic to be just a bunch of sets that are just for commander. Yeah. Like they're like standard sets that are like sat on different planes and they have their own lore and stuff and their own themes, but and they have new mechanics, but they're just for commander, so they can't break every format. I don't know. I mean, we're gonna get that next year. Yes, yes, we are. That's very, very true. That was something that was announced. I'll, I'll just slip this one in now. It's something that was announced next year. 2020 is the year of Commander, and we're going to get a whole bunch of Commander products. Um, Commander Collection Green is going to be a thing next year. Uh, actual Commander Masters is going to be a thing in the form of Commander Legends, which is a, a draft set, uh, specifically Commander-based, with like know, 70 new Legends or something ridiculous like that. Yes. Not specifically yeah. legendary creatures, but legends, so I assume some of them are legendary players well, because they could be your commander. It's quite probably, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. I mean, it might be terrible. They might ruin the format of commander as well. God knows. But I mean, I mean, we'll Gavin Verse we'll has got a lot to do with it. So, Speaking of which, we didn't talk about um, Mystery Booster. That was great. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I guess it, it's, it's an odd one, because it, it hasn't been released for most people, technically. True. A, a secret Lair? Cool. Yeah. Ordered my cool. uh, my kaleidoscope killers today. Excited. Yeah. Excited got, about a, got a bundle. Um, excited about that. Slight slight buyer's remorse, but I guess we'll see how I feel. <laughs> you, you were always going to have buyer's remorse. That just like wasn't never going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens when it turns up. Yeah. Like if if there's an Arsene and Teferi in the uh, in, in the boxes, that'll be cool. You feel great. Um, Mythic edition, a great great thing that happened to Magic this year. Oof, so, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, all these great yeah. things. <laughs> my, oh man, 2013 has been... It's sucked for many, many reasons. I, I, it's just it's been a real rollercoaster of a year. Like, they weren't wrong when they said it would be a, a transitional <laughs> year for Magic. A year of it's, change. Yeah, it has been, it's been ups and downs. and See... Uh, overall, I feel like... Like, the highs of the ups have been better... Have been better than the than you know the lows of the lows if you get what i mean yeah, yeah I, I think i agree i don't know it's just like, like the best of the best of, uh, has definitely been greater than the worst of the worst but i i do feel i do feel overall like it's been quite a negative year for magic and yeah i i never ever want to be one of those like oh you know magic is dying rip magic 2019 2019 people but I feel like this year has definitely seen some some changes that I think I think were, were big mistakes and in some cases were kind of irreparable mistakes and I think this this is definitely one of the it's definitely the closest that they've come to like quote unquote ruining magic. 
Yeah, I think we all just foolishly thought that when they said 2019 would be a big year of change, that it was going to be good. <laughs> yeah. was like, oh, that must mean that good and positive things were happening and that the game will be better after those changes, and we were wrong. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, roll on 2020 for all sorts of reasons. <laughs> yeah, so many different reasons. So I guess we'll we'll just quickly touch on the, the last couple of Mythic Championships of the year. We had a very strange sort of schedule at the end of the year. We've had uh, the past three months we've had a one, we've had a Mythic Championship per month. That's weird. So in October we had Mythic Championship five. And that one was won by Javier Dominguez. Mm-hmm. That was an arena tournament. That was uh yeah, it was just a tournament that was dominated by Field of the De- Dead Golos decks. Yep, that was that was a fun time, wasn't it? Everyone had a good time. It was. Yeah, it was... uh, You know, Javier's a fantastic player and definitely deserved to win that tournament. But that standard format was was horrible. It was. But thankfully, uh, we had another Pro Tour, or Mythic Championship, I guess, uh, the 8th of November. And that was a completely different standard format. Yes, it was. Uh, This one was won by Andre Strasky. And that was a format that was completely dominated by Oko. What a time. Yeah. Yes. And then finally, the weekend just gone, uh, 6th of December to 8th of December, we had Mythic Championship 7, and that, again, was a completely different standard format. Uh, this one was won by uh, definitely one of the players of the year, was Piotr Klukowski, Canister, as he's known online. Uh, he won that with uh, with Jund, Jund Adventure. Yeah, um, I mean, again, another excellent ambassador for the game. And yeah. It just looks like he just has a great time playing Magic, even if it's on a computer. Absolutely, yeah. I think he's he's a real he's a real character, definitely. I feel like like a lot of high level Magic players are, are very sort of samey, and they're all very serious and taking the game very seriously. And he's he's definitely one that stands out as like just having fun and stuff. And it's, he definitely sort of he, he's almost like. If we want to go into like wrestling terms, he's kind of like the heel of magic at times. Like you know, he's he's definitely like not a, a bad person, but can play quite a good villain with like all of the emotes, and he's very sort of dry with his humor. And yeah, I think if if there is you know kind of like your cool magic anti-hero, I think Canister is definitely the one. Yeah, I mean that's the I think that's the thing. It was a discussion earlier in the year. Like we need that. Like we need sort of like smack talk and stuff. And I think he's yeah, definitely. A great example when, of that. I think. Yeah, magic is when it enters the the realm of esports. There there needs to be there needs to be more of a focus on on entertainment. So I think that's definitely something they've pushed for when they've been, you know, signing up streamers to play in their events. And as it shifts from being a sport to sports entertainment, you definitely need players who are are both very good at the game, but also have have personalities and inject those into the way they play the game. And I think Canister. Canister is definitely a prime example of that. And I would say, along with players like Alden Burchett and Andrea Mangucci and, and LSV, I think are definitely definitely some of the, the players to watch as far as that goes. So 2019 has been a year. It, it has. It has unequivocally been a year. Absolutely. I, I think I think I've, I've I think I've enjoyed myself for the most part, but I think like I said, for the Magic as, as a greater sort of entity, I think it's probably been more of a negative year than, than a positive year but I'm trying to stay positive and there's definitely a lot of exciting things I'm looking forward to in 2020. I mean to be fair you, everyone talks about how, how negative it's been and how bad it is 
and how much we complain about it. But I mean, we're still here. Yeah, we're, oh, we're yeah, still definitely. playing. We're still pumping money into the game. We're still talking about it on a weekly basis. You know, still going strong. Absolutely awesome. So, was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we we sign off for the day? Oh, God, no. I think we've gone way over our time. <laughs> <laughs> strongly, strongly agree there. Cool. So, I guess uh, before we go, we did just have one special shout out to do this week. Yes. So we have one new Patreon this week. Holy crap, really? Yeah, really. Wow. So I want to send a, a special shout out to, to Michael Glover. Thank you very much for signing up for the Patreon. It's massively, massively appreciated. You signed up for the, the $4 level. So you get a shout out on the episode. And yeah, we're going to do some cool things with Patreon 2020. I've got some cool ideas I want to implement. And just anything at all we, we get is, is massively appreciated oh, absolutely I mean you're saying we've got some big plans that's all on you man I'm working 60 hour weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey I, I got some plans I got some ideas brewing I got some I got some exclusive content brewing definitely oh amazing yes th- thank you thank you so much to everyone that, that supports on Patreon that's amazing awesome so that is pretty much all we have time for this week if you want to get in touch you can hit us up on Twitter we are at hfdcast or facebook.com slash hfdcast uh or like I said Patreon we are patreon.com slash out of devastation tiers start from as little as $1 per month that's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode and anything we do get just goes straight back into the running of the show yeah it does you can find the podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts slash iTunes I, every yeah, week I, I don't know which one it is and I just forget to look it up um, yeah so if you could if you're willing to give us a like or a subscription or a comment or a review on any of those platforms we'd really appreciate it or just share it with people that you know absolutely if you want to find me on my own personal social media I am at Peach Garden Oath on Twitter that's Oath with an F or Facebook I'm Joe Loudon you'll find me in pretty much any of the magic groups I'm probably trying to sell some some secret layers. so if you want to buy some kitties come come at me Ooh, are you selling the singles or are you just selling the bundle like are you, oh, we'll see, we'll see. Are you selling it like are you, are you going to open the secret layer and sell the individual cards or are you going to sell them as a thing? Oh yeah, I will definitely be making an, an unboxing video for my YouTube channel. That's 100% <laughs> what I will be doing. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, and I'll, I'll probably probably going to keep a hold of the Planeswalkers, but I'll probably sell them the singles. Oh yeah, I'll buy your Kasali singles. Sweet. 100% lot that in right now. I'll buy it off you. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. If you want to find me on social media, you can follow me at snail69 on Twitter. Nice. Thank you. Awesome. So once again, the Cobbfair has returned. We're approaching the second hour. So we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation.